Welcome to the Roll for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat, The Fall of Plaguestone. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and in this week's episode, the Rule for Combat crew continue to explore the petting zoo from hell. Jason came up with that term in his Talking Plaguestone column from last week, and I like it so much that I'm just going to keep using it, because that is exactly what this is. It's some weird petting zoo from hell, where there's all these terrible creatures that you don't want to touch at all. But this week, for those of you who know the module, gets pretty hairy, and there's quite a surprising outcome, which you will, well, hear in a few minutes. One thing I want to note, and I believe I've said this in the past, and we're going to be saying it in the future, but I'm just going to just say it once and for all and call it out and be the end of it, is that we use the bandolier incorrectly. We all got the bandolier, and then I even talk about asking Mark Steifer from Paizo how the bandolier works, which, by the way, I do. I don't think I do this this episode. I think I do it next episode, but we actually pull out a potion from the bandolier, and then use it as one action. I cannot emphasize this strongly enough. I don't believe that's possible in any way, shape, or form in any aspect within Pathfinder 2nd Edition. You need to always spend one action to pull out a potion, at the minimum, and then one action to drink it, which is slow. I get it. That's actually a very slow thing. You always need to spend one action to pull out a potion, and then one action to drink it. There are exceptions, like Quick Bomber, in which alchemists can actually pull out a potion and then throw it in the same action. But I don't think that's the same as pulling out a potion and drinking it. That, again, I'm not getting into that. But for everyone else who's not an alchemist, the rule is very simple. The bandolier only works for tools. That's it. Anything else, yes, it's easy to access. Yes, you can put all your potions in the bandolier. It's one action to pull the potion and then one interact to drink it. That's it. There's no way around it. However, why would you want the bandolier? The bandolier is good for tools, and it does bring anything that requires tools down to one action, which really refers to kind of one thing, and that is battle medicine. Battle medicine requires that you have the tools out, and then you spend an action to utilize it. So in theory, that could take two actions. However, if you have a bandolier... You can do battle medicine with one and only one action. Very, very important. So, if you have battle medicine or anything that requires tools that you're going to be using in the middle of combat, you want a bandolier. You actually probably want a bandolier anyhow, because then you just have all your potions and all your light items available to you. Because, believe it or not, if it's in your bag, it's like two actions or something. You gotta, like, take your bag off, put it down, and then, like, go through it. So, you always want easy access to these items. Anyhow, this comes up several times over the next couple of episodes. You're going to hear us talk about it. I'm never going to mention it again, but that is how you should run it in all of your games. Also, let's get to the contest. I had a contest last week. All you had to do was go to the Roll for Combat Discord and tell me what was your favorite part of the podcast. And that's it. And then I'm going to take someone at random and give them an Amazon gift card. Now... For those of you who didn't do this, you really should have done this because I'm going to give out a $100 Amazon gift card. That's right, 100 bucks for doing nothing. 
All you had to do was join the Discord. I'm going to have another one of these contests in the near future. So you might want to join the Discord because how easy is it to just win 100 bucks? You literally just had to write something. And that's it. So here we go. I'm feeling generous. It's the holidays. I am not going to do another one of these for a little while. You know, in theory, I can do these every week. But I'm going to be going away for the holidays. So it's not realistic. Anyhow, with that, let's pull someone random. And it is... Hypnogoblin. Hypnogoblin, you have won. Let's see. Hypnogoblin wrote, My favorite part of the Plague Stone show thus far is hearing the players discover and react to the deadliness of the traps. Spear to the chest, tripwire, slippery floors. I love it. It looks as if the traps finally scale to level. I love it. Can you tell? I tend to GM. So there you go. Hypnogoblin, just contact me and I will send you your Amazon gift card for 100 bucks. Ta-da! I will have more of these contests in the near future. Probably not till next year. As I said, I'm going away for a little while, so it's going to be hard for me to actually run this contest while I'm away. So I will do more of these. But for those of you who are very curious, just go to discord.rollforcombat.com and you can talk to everyone, check it out, talk to the players, ask questions. Everyone's there all the time. Vanessa's on constantly. If you have any questions for her or any of the other players, go right on and say hi. And also, you can, you know play games we have over a hundred games of pathfinder and starfinder and other games being run i think Shadowrun and cthulhu is being run on the board as well so you can join those games there's new ones starting every single week and oh yeah by the way as for the traps yeah the traps are pretty deadly there's a downside is that disarming and finding traps i find is very easy at least a lot easier than i found in first edition it seems like yes the traps are really really deadly but they're kind of easy to find and also fairly easy to disarm. So it's one of those, well, if you have a rogue, you're in good shape. But if you don't have a rogue, you are dead. Because the traps are nasty. Nasty. So one more quick show note and then we'll get on the road. The next couple of episodes, I might not have intros. We're going to see. It's during the holidays, so I'm going to try to put them together very quickly. These intros actually take a long time to record. You might not think it. It's like, how long can a five-minute intro take? You'd be surprised. It could take a while. So the next couple of episodes might or might not have intros. But for the beginning of next year, I'm definitely going to have some intros. I'm definitely going to go through and explain what we're going to be doing next year. We're going to have a whole bunch of new podcasts coming out, a whole bunch of new content. We're going to have new contests, new website. Ooh, I shouldn't have said that, but there's going to be a new website. I'll explain that later. So much going on. But if not, if I don't talk to everyone, have a good holiday. Don't worry, the podcast isn't going anywhere. Last year, we skipped the holidays. That actually was a big mistake. I'm not doing that this year. The podcast will continue throughout the holidays, so you'll have something to do during the holiday break. You can listen to our show and read the various columns by Jason on the website. Also, don't forget, tomorrow I'm posting my interview with Paizo publisher Eric Mona. Eric and I talk about a ton of stuff. We talk about the next adventure path, The Extinction Curse. And talk about the new book, Lost Omens, Absalon, The City of Lost Omens. Absalon is pretty much Eric's baby, so he's going to talk a ton about what he's been writing and what to expect from that book. We talk about his new adventure, which is Dead God's Hand, which is going to be a mega dungeon inside Absalon, and he is working on that. We also talk about the next adventure path, Agents of Edgewatch, in which you're playing cops in Absalon. You can kind of see the, uh, the theme here. We're going to be talking about the Isle of Cortos and Absalon a lot. But that's not it. 
We also talk about the future of Pathfinder and what to expect in the next two years. That's right. And let me tell you, it sounds like we're going to be starting to explore all the other continents and maybe even the other planets in the universe of Pathfinder coming up next year. So look for that interview tomorrow. You'll hear all the detail and lots more. But with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. You're out of combat. They're all dead. The place is a mess. There's stuff all over the floor. One of the cauldrons is bubbling. All the tables are flipped. Stuff is everywhere. Now what? Do you think the folks in the next room heard us? It looks like there was a door to the left and a door to the right when we came in, or a passage to the right. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvazalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Yeah, can we, like, listen for rustling in other parts of the cave? Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. When I was back hiding behind that rock, the second one, um, I was really close to that entrance that goes off to the east. Did I see that down there at all? I'll say you weren't really paying attention because you were running for your life, but there was like a storeroom or something small behind you. Okay, but I got the feeling there was like a little small alcove or room. It was like a small alcove and you don't know if there was anything back there, but it felt pretty small. There's two passages to the northwest and you can kind of see what's going on there. And then there's a door to the southwest, but that is like, it's it's ajar, the door. It's sort of open, but you got to go through or go to the door. You, you guys all try to be quiet. I mean, other than the bubbling, you don't really hear anything. It sounds kind of like quiet. Like there's nothing, like there's no alarms, there's no shouts, there's nothing going on. I have an idea. If this, if these tables were just absolutely chocked full of alchemical stuff, and we've seen that among the things that they were throwing were elixirs of life, could we check the tables and the stuff on the floor for elixirs of life? Yes, you can. And you spend some time sifting through the tables, and the bad news is it is all destroyed. There's nothing left. The three tables have been overturned and one cauldron. There is nothing left in these tables that is usable as they were all messed up. But the orcs themselves are still somewhat intact and have things on them. That's true. Let's start looking at the bodies. Okay. You look at the bodies. One of them, you know, is the one that you killed that's right next to you. And then the other one is kind of in the goop. And part of him is dissolved, but you think you can get enough off of him. They each have orc knuckle daggers, and they also had various bombs and elixirs on them. Are they labeled? Nope. Could they be? Uh, I can make an alchemical crafting check if you like. Yeah, it says normally it takes ten minutes. Never mind them. I'll take one of those knuckle daggers. Are they like, let me check, see if they have any cool stats. Rob Tramarco is playing Kate Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. They're pretty cool. I think they have agile and disarm, and they do like piercing. Quick, quick. Okay. Do you yeah. know how to use it, though? Let me find yeah, out. I don't know if you know how to use it. I was thinking about taking one, too, just because, you know, it's the knife of my people. But I don't know if I can even use it. 
Yeah, you can identify the nature of alchemical items with 10 minutes of testing using the tools. So, yeah, they're not labeled, but there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen alchemical potions that you got. Can we at least sort them by similar looking ones? Four, 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 and three. That's a lot of potions. It's going to take us forever to identify these. Approximately 40 minutes. Assuming we're right on the first time. Well, we don't really have 40 minutes to set up an alchemical lab again, since they destroyed the ones they were using, uh, and identify these. But if we're taking time to look around, I guess we should go back outside and look out there real quick, make sure there's nothing we missed. I'll check. I think if we have a moment, it'd be wise of us to top off our healing a little bit. We have yeah. lay on hands and we have medicine checks. Yeah, I guess it depends how much of a break we want to take. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. Cool, the orc knuckle dagger is uncommon. Ooh. It's uncommon, but it is still in the knives group, so I can use it. Does uncommon cool. affect your proficiency at all? It just no. means it's, you can't buy it. You need a GM's permission. Okay. Well, I'll, t- like, I'll take a nickel one. dagger. Well, it's not like it's sold in stores. Right. They're not common. Yeah, you can't buy them. You have to find them. I'll take a knuckle dagger. You're a knuckle dragger? Cool. Gee, thanks. Too easy. Okay. And don't forget there was the orcs that you killed outside. You know, you really didn't have any time. You ran right in here. So they also had equipment on them. And you remember them having similar uh, equipment. If anyone's doing healing, I'll take a little, and then I'll head out back into the field and see what's going on out there. We only have, I think, I think we only have two sources of healing that are not consumables. Uh, we have our medicine checks, and we have the lay on hands. Yes, that is correct. I mean, I could probably top us all off with a spell, but if we're taking time to look through all this stuff. I'd rather save your spells for, like, super important times. Yeah, depending on how much time we're taking, if you guys do the alchemical stuff or the searching, I can just do, you know, lay on hands, wait ten minutes, lay on hands. As I hate to hold us up like this, but as deadly as this adventure's been, I'd really feel better if we did stop and top off our health. That's how it's gonna have I to agree. be. Well, let's go outside and do it at least. Yeah, because we haven't fully explored this cave, and it would kind of suck if we started splitting up, and I'm meditating or whatever, and someone comes out from one of these passages. Yeah, so let's go outside and do it out there. Um, During all this time, if you're going to use... Are we going to do the medicine as well, or no? I, I think we should, to save us as much downtime as possible. Then, um, while... Prue is doing medicine. Celeste is going to sort of watch her and see if she can help and like try to start learning as much as she can, asking Prue questions. Am I the only one that knows medicine? As far as I know. I've only got a plus five. I'm not really excellent at it. Better than me. I'm not trained. Uh, Let me look up the DCs because I really don't want a critical failure and then I'll actually deal damage with it. All right. So the DCs 15. And a critical failure for me is, what is that? If I roll a one, I think I critically fail, but a two is just a failure. That's pretty good. It's about as good as you're probably going to get. Yeah. Although, really, uh, and that one, 
No, that would make it a critical failure. Yeah, alright. Uh, I'm going to come outside and I'm going to roll medicine. I'm going to put it on myself first just because I don't want to... It's the airplane rule, you know? When the bags fall down, you put it on yourself first and then you help everyone else. You succeed. You heal 2d8. Alright, let's see what I got from that. As you walk outside, the pool of acid is definitely pungent and you can feel the bubbling acid kind of steaming towards you, but not enough to hurt you. I remember that we have to stay at least 20 feet away. You are completely healed, Prue, as you spend 10 minutes. During this 10 minutes, is anyone else doing anything? Um, I'm gonna, I guess if we're doing 10 minutes, I'm going to lay on hands and then med- on myself and then meditate. Okay. How much does lay on hands do? I believe at second level, it's 12. I believe it's just a flat six per level. Yeah, that's Hell I- yeah. That leaves... Oops, I did it to, I did it to the wrong person. You, you can leave it on Cade, too. Well, Cade will eventually be healed. So, eventually. Was Cade or Celeste doing... Well, Celeste was watching. Does Cade do anything during yeah. his ten minutes? Um, I mean, before I get healed, or after, I will uh, just look around and see if any other creatures or orcs have poked their heads out from anywhere. No, there's no creatures or orcs. The cave to the south is covered in a cloud of smoke and you hear what appears to sound like crying and whining crying and whining we should go yeah well this is just during your 10 minutes so you also look at the two orc brutes that were dead and they have shoddy breastplates two more orc knuckle daggers and a couple of javelins i'll replace my javelin but not really worried about the rest of it. Maybe on the way out, we can just pile up a cart full of loot and sell it in town. But for now, I'm not really worried about it. Okay. There's only four javelins that are usable. Shoddy breastplates. Not just breastplate, but shoddy. Oh, they're not even worth picking up. Is that a condition? Sort of. I think it affects like the armor class and the value and if it can be enchanted or not. Mm. So in the meantime, the first ten minutes... You loot the bodies. Now what? Is someone going to heal Cade? I'll take some. Do we want to use land hands or medicine? Land hands. Whichever is like easiest and plentiful. Well, medicine is more plentiful, uh, but land hands is a little bit more important in a pinch. So let let's try medicine first. That way, if we need lay on hands in combat, we yeah. have it. Well, yeah. If you and or if you screw up the medicine and do damage, then I can just do lay on. Hands oh yeah, that and clean right. it up. On a nat one, I'll deal damage to you, but otherwise, it's fine. By the way, shoddy armor is shoddy equipment can never be sold, and it's like much worse. Hey, look a one. Da, hey, look a one. Da, da, da. <laughs> there you go. Good job. The nightmare scenario has happened. I told you, hold still. I'm staying still. You're like four points of damage as you critically fail trying to heal oh, him. I'm sorry, it must have been my fault. I was in your way. That's all right. I'll uh, take care of this, and then I, I'll go ahead and lay hands on Kenny. But then that means I should take another ten-minute meditation. Prue Frost Hammer, Butterfingers. Butterfingers. Wah wah. All right, so. That's a full 30 minutes, so now everyone has an extra 10 minutes if they want to do something while he's regenerating. I'll check out I'll check out that cave real quick. Okay. Peek in there. 
I'll go with him. Okay, put yourselves where you're going to be. Okay, the smoke is pretty thick, uh, and the fog, and it's dark, so you're going to have to go in a little bit further if you want to see. Otherwise, it's just, just you can only see maybe five, ten feet in front of you. You give me the signal if you want me to come in. You got it. I'll scream bloody murder. Still can't say. To get a little closer. I think we're about to trigger an encounter. It's all right. I'm sneaking. Okay. You step inside the cave. The cloud of smoke hovering around the ceiling becomes visible. Curled up in the back of the cave is a cat. That looks like it's on fire. It glares at the sight of you entering, letting out a weak snarl that fades into a, a painful yowl. There's a cat on fire in here. It's terrible. It could be an alchemical creation. Be careful. That is what you say. It's just not attacking you or anything. It's just sort of sitting there, like, kind of, kind of, like, just, like, whimpering. Oh, that does look awful. I, I wonder if it's in what pain. Is it? What is it? Is, what, is, what do we do? You're the nature rogue person. You tell me. This isn't natural, I don't think. Do I make a nature check on this? Yep. Does it take less than a round? Can I use guidance? Um, yeah, it takes less than a round. It takes less than a round. It's okay. He rolled, uh, we'll say you did, 24. This cat is a leopard. It looks like a normal leopard, except it is on fire. It is in pain, and it looks malnourished. And if you were to guess, you would think it's thirsty. I give it water, like I make a, you know, um, I make a little pit, like I dig a little shallow something and pour my uh, water skin, some water from it in there. And then back away. And then back away. Okay. Are you going to back away? Oh, yeah. Okay, you back away. The leopard looks at you hesitantly and very quickly runs over to the pit and tries to lap up the water, but... As it does, the fire evaporates the water before it can get enough. And it's sort of crying again. Hmm, what if we turn the water to ice? Prue, can you use your spooky ghost to turn the water into ice? And then let it try to drink? Uh, I don't know if the concept that I've created works that way. <laughs> it's the chill of the grave. I feel like I could haunt that water, but... <laughs> okay. Um, I guess we didn't witness them throwing any ice bombs at us, so we don't know if any of the ones that may have survived are ice bombs. They did. They did hit uh, Brixley with an ice bomb. Oh, did they? Okay. But we already learned that everything was destroyed and non-salvageable. Except for the dozen or so potions that we recovered. Well, we got those off their bodies. The ice uh, that got hit that Brixley got hit by came off one of the tables. Maybe we just got more water than a water skin could hold, then the cat could drink it faster than it could evaporate? Seems like that boiled and evaporated awfully quick. I don't know if we're going to be able to help this cat. Can we put the cat out? Don't know. You can try a medicine check or a nature check to see if you can maybe figure it out. I mean, I could make the the water cool i could cool it down quite a bit but it might not be enough that it would counteract it from evaporating we could try though i mean i i can use all of my water like it's enough maybe it won't evaporate i only gave it a little and i'll stay 10 feet away from it and 
focus on prestidigitation to cool it down, to try to keep it as cool as possible. Can I try that? Yeah, do whatever you guys want. I don't know why frost wouldn't work. Ray of frost. I mean, it's ray of frost. I mean, we can do it. I just didn't theme it to be an actual ray of frost. So, like, I'd just have, like, a spooky specter just, like, nibbling on the water until it froze, That's I guess. That's true. How did you... Wait, 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 wait. Didn't you cool down the drinks at the bar endlessly? I, I haunted the drinks at the bar. And they were cooled. And they are cooled. Okay. Well, I mean, give me the water skin. I'm going to haunt the water skin. I'll uh, hold it up. You haunt it and make it cool. Then I'll squeeze out the ice chunks. I'll, I'll put I'll put both my hands on it, and from somewhere off in the distance, you can hear like moans and like moaning, and you're not sure if it's just in your head or not. Really, it's in the water skin though. All right, it's ready. Very appetizing for a cat that's on fire. Okay, you have a spooky water skin filled with ice crystals and chunks. And ghosts. What are you going to do? Let me put it in the hole I dug and see if the cat likes it. Okay. You go over. Chunk out the ice. Cat very hesitantly goes up and starts licking the ice. And sure enough, the cat's like completely on fire. Like all aspects of the cat are on fire. Including the inside. In fact, I have a picture. That is what it looks like. Oh boy. It doesn't seem to be uncomfortable. It's just like on fire and it it succeeds it's ab- actually able to lick up grab chunks of ice and has them melt in its mouth as it's drinking the ice and gobbling up ice as it would a meal it seems uh, to perk up a bit by um by by drinking the ice and sort of uh com- stops its complaining and just sort of looking at uh looking at kate actually uh. are you going to pet the kitty no Okay, that's good. For a moment, well, I thought I'll, you were going to pet the kitty. I'll gesture for it to come forward and back up, because now it's free. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll get out of the way. All right, then give me a nature check. Oh, no. Yikes. Hero point. Hero point. Uh, Yeah, the cat looks angry at you. Looks like it's going to okay. attack. Are you going well, uh, to re-roll that? Nope, I'm going to leave. <laughs> We can shut the gate on the way out. <laughs> you want to shut the gate, or you want to you want to let it out? Hero point, hero point. Not if wasting, it looks like it's going to attack you, I think we should shut the gate. Shut the gate. No good deed goes unpunished. Sorry, Brixley, you're shut in. All right, not into the acid pit. <laughs> <laughs> you leave and close the uh, gate. The leopard seems to be calm now, but it's still crying out in pain. I don't know how to fix that. Just seems to be pacing back and forth. Any chance that it's actually injured? Give me a medicine check. I'm not good with medicine, but I'll try. Would that just be us like looking through the gate at it and trying to see if we can find an injury? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, I'll do that. Brixley does a 12. It doesn't really see anything, but it does seem to be limping a little. Prue These nat ones. Oh my gosh. fails completely with a one and has no idea. Well, I, I can try to magically heal it without having to get close to it, if you want me to risk it. I'd rather you save that magic for us, <laughs> to be honest. If you have it left over when we've cleared the place, maybe. Mm, okay. Well, Brixley did notice that it does appear to be limping a little. 
See, it's injured. Brixley's gonna Brixley's gonna do something stupid. No, Brixley. Brixley is going to try to slowly approach it. Okay. I'm gonna keep my weapon drawn. This is gonna go south. And is going to yeah, same. put his ha- put his hands out in a non-threatening manner and attempt to lay on hands on it. So do you actually have to touch it to do that? I believe so. I'm gonna take some. Da- I may take some damage, but I f- I feel like this is the right thing to do. Okay. You. This creature needs to be free. It needs to be happy. You, as you get close to it, it actually is not shying away from you. It seems to kind of sitting there looking at you with those big old cat eyes. You do your lay on hands. Brixley takes one point of fire damage as it is on fire by putting your hand on it. But it does seem to perk up significantly after it uh, gets healed. And it quickly seems to like run around in a circle like like a dog does, and it sort of goes a snarl, but like kind of a friendly snarl at you guys, and jumps over the gate and runs through the bushes and is gone. I'm feeling good about that. Of course, it may go terrorize. It may go terrorize the town. And Brixley, and only Brixley, gets a hero point. Oh. Good job, Brickley. Nice. So one point of fire damage healed the cat. It freed itself, and you get a hero point. What will come of that? Who knows? And you actually got some experience for all of that. Hey. Not Prue or Kate oh. or Celeste. Just Brit. No, I'm kidding. Everyone gets the experience. That would have been mean. We all helped. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Especially, especially if I was able to level they were. To the... <laughs> that would have been funny. You're up to 792 experience. And you have one point of fire damage. And so far, so quiet. So far, All right, so well, I guess quiet. I should take another 10 and get my, get my lay on hands back before we go back into the other cave. I think it'd be prudent. You are all healed. Good. Almost an hour has passed while you're fooling around with the leopard, trying to figure out what was going on with this thing. Babu, Babu the ocelot. <laughs> yeah. Babu! Remember when we took a long time getting to Halad? Remember how well that went? It's alright. Think positive. Okay, this area appears to be more or less clear. The acid from the pool of goo is strong. You can smell it. It's begging you to jump in. You want to take an acid bath. You want to feel your skin sloth off your body. No. Brixley, drink it. Though I expect one of us to die and have to make a new character before this whole thing is over, I don't think any of us are going to do it voluntarily. Let's go explore the uh, the storeroom. Celeste runs into the storeroom. I'm just getting myself up there. Sure enough, it's a large cave filled with barrels and crates, but it's very old. It has a fair amount of dust on it. Let me do some trap checking. Okay. You look around a little. You don't see any traps. This this looks like it is storage. And a lot of the storage, it's dusty and old. A lot of it hasn't been moved in months or maybe even years. I mean, there's a little bit of movement here and there, but it looks like it's just a cave full of stuff. Let's look through it a little bit. You're going to start popping things open? Yep. 
We might as well. We've already taken enough time. Okay. You pop open a few of the crates and barrels, and appears to be equipment to make elixirs, bombs, laboratory equipment, and other alchemical items. Obviously, you're starting to sense a theme here. Everything here is alchemical in nature. Although a lot of it is old, it's still in fairly good shape. You have no idea what you can do with it, but it's probably worth a fair amount of gold. Wait, is the theme we're sensing to always bring a cart? <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. It's definitely way too much for you to carry. This would be cart-worthy. Now, the thing is, this is all alchemical in nature, so you have a feeling that you're not sure if Delma will really want this, but you can try. The good news is there's a lot of it. The better news is it's all like, you know, in fairly good shape, even though it's old. The bad news is the Plague Stone doesn't like alchemical equipment. So well, we can bring a sample of each box. Like this is the chemical from this box, and maybe they all come sure. together to make something terrible. Well, sure. last time we sold it all to the caravan. Mm hmm. That's true. You did. That's it. My next character is going to have a rickshaw cart. Okay. So you go through it. That's that's all that's here. It's uh, there's nothing else here. It's it's totally storeroom. Well, I see two more ways deeper into the cave. Think maybe the small door to the southwest. We were warned when we got close to it that the encounters might bleed together, which means there's an encounter on the other side of that door. Are we ready for it? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna get in position. How long did we spend in all that rest time and with the cat and everything? Like an hour? Like an hour. An hour. Perfect. I mean, 50 minutes. You know what? Just enough to mess you up. I'll be nice an hour. Because after an hour, I can use guidance again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you opening up the door that's already kind of open? Yes. I'm trying to peek in it first. It's a small cave entrance. A narrow corridor. Alright. I will open the door a little bit. Slowly. You open the door a little. A waft of refuge and filth hits your nostrils. It stinks in here. Oh no, it's the bathroom, guys. Or it could be worse. They could keep something in here that stinks like that. Well, I'm not going... I mean, I'll step in a little farther, but that's it. Nala wanted us to clear this place. I think we need to see what's back there. Oh, fine. I step there. Sure enough, you can see a little bit further into the small cave. And there are bones and other refuge on the floor about 15 feet to the northwest of you. It opens up to a much larger cave if you keep going in. There's bones, and it's bigger in there. Are you ready, Prue? I was born ready. All right, I'll sneak up to here. Sure enough, the stench is overwhelming as there are bones and refuge and excretions in here. This was both the refuge pit and the toilet. I knew it. To the west is a huge mound of bones. Enough to realize that someone's been here for quite a while and... There's a, it's mostly animals, but 
a lot of these bones appear to be twisted and demented and are horribly mutated. Huh. So the failed experiments are in here. Maybe. Gross. All right, um, Cade, go ahead and look through all that and let us know if there's anything valuable. Uh. Yeah, we'll just uh, guard the rear back here. I don't want to. It's <laughs> just the poop room. I'm not going through poop. I won't do it. <laughs> I don't care. The room is only like, I don't know, 25 by 40. It's not like a huge room filled with poop. Oh, wait, it is a huge room. Think of it place. Think of it as getting in touch with nature. You're, no, you're this, is, this is the kill. worst part of nature that I don't study. I don't study the poop, the poop topics. Not into septic nature? You know... Part of studying ecosystems is that you do have to search through scat piles to see what's been here. Mm, this That's is basic I, nature. Well, I know it's been here. Orcs and terrible monsters. And here they all are. And this is the poop room. So goodbye. Who invited the biologist to the stream anyway? <laughs> as you walk through the poop room. Oh, as you walk out, you do kick a silver piece covered in filth that was underneath some bones. Here you go, Prue. Here's a poop quarter. Thanks. You can keep it for all your hard work. We appreciate you. You can watch it off. I'm not, I'm not here to watch off quarters and nickels and dimes with from the poop. I'm not taking your poop quarter, Cade. No, it's for you. I, I did it for you. Since she knows it's safe, but she is curious, Celeste is going to go inside just enough where she doesn't have to get into any of the filth. And she's going to cast Detect Magic, which will tell her if there's any presence of unknown magic, of previously unknown magic within 30 feet. You go to the edge of the room. The smell is overwhelming, especially for Celeste. She casts a spell. There's magic. Poop magic. Yeah, enjoy. Whatever magic item you find, all yours. I don't care if it's the rogue sword lord of the kingdom of rogues. But there's something in there useful. What if it's a magical uh, pile of daggers? It could uh, be I, a magical pile of daggers on top of another magical pile of daggers. I don't know how much magic is in there. It's just, it's in there. Well, I'd be willing to look if you, how does that work? Can you narrow it down at all? Or Yeah, you kneel next to the poop and you go through it with your hands. I'm not skilled enough to do that yet. I could about a year or so ago and then the world got all different. And now I can only detect whether or not there's previously <laughs> unknown magic within 30 feet. Yes. Up to about August, you were able to do that, but not anymore. Yeah, since August, I just I haven't been able to. I don't know what happened. Well, you can press the digitation some cleanliness of your hands. Uh, yeah, she's actually doing that as you mention it. I mean, it'd take a long time to clean that entire room, and I don't know if I could stand the smell for that long. Just just continuously cast press the digitation while you're wading through the feces you'll be fine okay what if Cade looks through the feces and I stand in the back and continually cast prestidigitation on him oh my god <laughs> you have the sharpest eyes of any of us if anyone's oh. gonna find anything in those piles it's gonna be you alright here's what I'm gonna do I take out like I don't know like I have a hood and I literally put my hood on backwards so it's like covering my face like a surgical mask and i tie a rope around it and i put some i don't know do we have any sort of menthol 
or some sort of herb. Is there an herb that smells nice? We can grab some from that no, alchemical Celeste, mess. Celeste has perfume. Yes. Uh, I have a cleaning kit that probably has a little perfume in it. Sure, sure yeah, I'll you can spray that on there. perfume on my face. So I okay. I will go in there and I'll, I'll have gloves on. And then when I come out here screaming and crying, you digitate me. <laughs> And all of the money that I find that I get to keep because I'm digging through it. I mean, then I'm not going to press to digitate you. It sounds like we should at least then split I will it two ways. <laughs> then I will hug you. Well, it sounds like we should at least split it two ways. <laughs> You're using my perfume and my magic. Sounds like sounds like this is a, a partnership. I'm going to lock the door behind him. You lock me in here. I, I'm going to haunt you <laughs> from the, 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 poop, the poop plane. Okay. Plane of poop. All right, I look through this mess. This is funny. I'm going to be there with you just in case any funny business happens. I'm not actually going to leave you this alone. Constant prestidigitation. I'm actually sure going to do rear possible. guard and keep an eye behind us just in case anyone else. Prix oh, yeah, it's very good. important. <laughs> Prix is like, oh, you guys go in there. I'm going to guard the rear. Don't worry about, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to surprise you. Nothing's gonna get past old Brixley, I'll tell you that. Okay. Celeste has one hand closing her nose, pinching her nose shut, and the other hand doing prestidigitation and trying to keep them as clean as possible. Okay. You find, with those super secret, stealthy eyes of yours, Cade, a lot of stuff. It looks like they've been very messy when they were throwing bodies in here. And there were some bodies, half-eaten... There's a lot of skulls, a lot of poop, a lot of pee, a lot of fun. You're not going to get the smell off. Press the digitation probably do so much. But you do find a couple of trinkets. After 10 minutes of looking, you find eight gold pieces of miscellaneous coins, all covered in various fluids. You find... A very cool-looking dagger. And you find a wolf attached to a strip of leather. A wolf? Wolf head? A wolf figurine? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A head of a wolf attached to a strip of leather. Can I isolate both the strip of leather with the wolf and the dagger separately so I can use detect magic on them and determine which one of those two was the magical thing? Yes. You do that, and it is the wolf one that has magic on it. The dagger, it does not have any magic, but it actually is pretty cool and kind of different than anything you've seen before. Cool, I have a cool poop dagger. You earned that poop dagger. I run outside and take off my cloak and my gloves. (laughs) This is the worst. And throw them into the acid pit? The gloves probably do go into the acid pit. Yeah, F this cloak. I'll buy a new cloak. Poop dagger doesn't exactly have the same ring as like Glamdring or Orcris, does it? <laughs> no, no, but that's its name. <laughs> How do you say poop dagger in Elvish? You know, there probably is a way. The elves, are, the elves are smart enough not to pick up daggers that have been in piles of poop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the word for Elven poop dagger is? Garbage. Loosely translated, it is. What the hell are you thinking? Well, so eight gold pieces. A cool-looking dagger and something wolfy that's magical. What you going to do? I can attempt to identify the wolf thing. It probably takes another ten minutes if we're just, like, hanging out here. That's correct. A secret concentrate roll using 
Well, it's up to you. I guess you would use Arcana? I could also check it out the next time we rest if you guys want to just move on. How long does it take? I missed that part. Uh, I think it's 10 minutes, and I would probably use Occultism because I'm slightly better at that. Okay, you can use Occultism if you wish. 10 minutes uh, gives us more time to get back that last use of Lay on Hands. So. It does. All right, well, let's do that. So as Brixley is meditating, Celeste is going to see if she can figure out what this thing is. What is your Occultism? It is a plus five. Really? Whoa. Okay. I mean, the only other thing I have is religion, which is a plus four, so... Well, I have good news for you. You spend ten minutes looking at it, getting a sense of what it does and how to activate it. After ten minutes, you figure it out. This is a wolf fang. It's a consumable magical talisman. You take it and bind it to your suit of armor. So the wolf fang is used when you try to trip a foe. You need to be trained in athletics, and you affix it to your armor. It's a free action to activate, and when you do, you also deal bludgeoning damage equal to your strength modifier when you trip someone. So basically, it's the equivalent of tripping someone and then pushing them down really, really hard and beating them up a little. If, you know, if you, you don't want to use it, it's only a level one magic item. And it's only worth like four gold and it's uh, consumable, but it's kind of cool. Sounds like crew would probably get the best use out of this since she's the strongest of us. I'm actually good at tripping. Uh, the dire flail has trip yeah. as a as a ability on it. Uh, so I can always fix it. And if we don't use it, I can sell it. Sounds good. Okay. And we'll give all the money to Cade for finding the poop talisman. Now, Thank you. The, the dagger, I can say... Prue can use her crafting if she want to looks at wants to look at it and try to figure out what that is. Yeah, what kind of material is this? I'll use crafting on that. What is your crafting? It's plus. Uh, it's only plus four. You figured it out. This is a low grade cold iron dagger. Mm. Ooh, it's a regular dagger except it's cold iron. And it'll do additional damages to creatures with weakness to cold iron, like demons and fey. All right. Not hmm. bad for a poop knife, huh? Not bad for a poop knife. Cold iron poop knife. Now, who gets to keep it? That might come in That handy. goes to Cade for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop this orc knuckle dagger because uh, it's a strength weapon anyway. Oh, okay. I was going to say, or would Brixley get good use out of a nice backup weapon? Because don't you have that magic one? I'm not sure that daggers are really in my wheelhouse. You probably can use them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm pretty much competent with any weapon, but I mean, I I don't know. Sword, you know, sword and board and seems kind of silly looking with a dagger. So it's, so it's all fashion, basically. <laughs> all right. Do we want to go explore the next part of the cave? Sure. You went through the poop. That's all you found. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Everyone smells beautiful. And now you see a small hallway leading up to a set of stairs to the west to a set of double doors. Well, we should definitely check those for traps for sure. Yes, we will. Me and the frog in my pocket. I found him in the poop. Yeah, ew. Poop frog. Poop frog. Okay, put yourself where you're, tr- put yourself where you're tra- checking first. Unless you're checking in the poop room. Okay, you look around. You don't see any traps. 
in the vicinity, 10-foot area okay. around you. Move another 10 feet. Check for more traps. Looks good. Looks good. Looks like uh, everything's clean. Looks good. Looks good. To the west is a set of massive double doors. They're made from stout wood and bound with iron. They are I check them out. decorated with a carving of a small rural village that has been set on fire. Bum, bum, bum. No more, no traps. Sure enough, you can see the carving is kind of poor in its artistry. But Cade, having a palette and designer's eye, notice an unmistakable resemblance to Etrin's Folly in the artistry. Hmm. Great. So what are you doing? Is it locked, this door? These doors? You do a small check. They do not appear to be locked. If you're going to open it, I'm going to come stand next to you. I'm about to open these doors, everybody. Do position yourselves. I'm going to stand at the bottom of the steps just in case there's like an area, in case anyone has like area effect stuff. All right. I open the door. You open the door. The door opens. Once again, it opens into a rather large chamber. Inside this chamber, you see a work table to the northwest and tons of pots and small alchemical items spewed about the room. There is a small passageway and a door to the west. You see what looks like an orc who has work overalls, goggles, and is bent over one of the tables and he's near the exit to the door, sees you appear, and goes, Ah! Roll for combat! He seems surprised by you opening up. Surprised, but not surprised. And Cade gets the act first. Aha! Fantastic. Great. Plus one dagger. Here we go. One, two, three, four. I'm going to get him. I'm rushing in. This is it. I climbed in poop, and I'm mad about it. I'm going to take it out on him. What he ever do to you? Um, probably a lot. God damn it. Oh my gosh. Stab, stab. Miss, miss. Celeste is up. That was just such a waste of an opportunity. Let down. He was flat-footed, but I rolled a one. Yeah. Well, Celeste is going to try to take advantage of this uh, opportunity and throw a nice old little ball of fire at him. Okay. He is just within range. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do it. A two and a one. Mm, not great. Eleven, I'll still take it though. And he has persistent fire damage. One. That's the real gem. Anything else? Or is it 1d4? Uh, mm, let's see, I have one action left. I'll look up the persistent fire damage in a second. But yeah, uh, she's going to tap... Prue on the shoulder and say, all right, you got this. Don't pull a Cade. Oh, wow. Pull a Cade. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Cade takes one ongoing cold damage for the for that no, one. One ongoing sick burn damage. It used to be pulling a Keeley, but now it's uh, yeah. pulling a Cade. I'm going to have to tell Jason about that. Brixley is up. 
All right, well, yeah, I'm you're, going... You're down the stairs, but you hear the commotion, so you'd have to go up to see this. You'd have to go up one more. Well, that's one action. Well, now you can see it as you're in the room. All right, I'm going to keep on going right into the into the fray. Action two, and attack with action three. Three. Oh my goodness. This, I, realize, I apologize, I did kind of block off Prue by doing that. Yeah, you guys have... Yep doing pretty well in terms of not taking a lot of damage, but you're also doing pretty well in not giving a lot of damage. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use two moves uh, to go 40 feet, and with that, I should be able to flank with Brixley. So I'm going to shove on past Cade and do that. Well, that's true. I keep thinking in terms of first edition attacks of opportunity. I could have just kept going past this guy with my Well, move. he still could. He still could attack of opportunity to me. Uh, all right, I've got one action left. It's time for the two-handed flail. I'm just going to bring it down on his dome. You hit him. Good, I'll take it. Uh, can I crit him with 28? Mm, nope. Why? All right. Because uh, he's flanked, so. Did you remember guidance? Oh, that's right. Can I crit him with 29? Nope. Oh. This guy's dynamite. All right, he gets two hits, and he's like, I'm out of here. Goes there, opens the door, and uh -oh. inside you see a room of horrors, and he runs into the room. Ooh. Okay. As soon as you see the room to the west, you hear whispering moans coming way, way far to the west where you see a human man is strapped to a large rack. His flesh is missing in places, replaced with large glass and metal cauldrons that seem to be extracting blood from him, mixing that blood with reagents to transform it, and then pumping it back into the man. Around the room, you can see shackles mounted to the wall, where previous prisoners must have spent their final moments. He's obviously in agony as this horrible device is transforming him into some monstrosity. Kids up. Oh, God. This is so nasty. Oh, boy. I mean, okay. You run up. You try to stab him. Damn it. Oh, boy. 19 misses. Miss? Yeah, 19. he's tossed. Oh, wait. How much damage did he take on his turn, Celeste? A d4. Is it d4? Yeah, a d4. Okay, he takes four points damage. Flat check. Flat check, 15, and it's out. Lame. Good. Cade double misses. Celeste is up way out, and you can't even see him anymore. because. Uh, yeah, Celeste is going to delay till after Brixley. Brixley's up. All right, I'm going to hustle on in there. I'm going to attack. <laughs> Get some. Nice. And then I'm actually going to move so that I can give Prue a better avenue to come in and attack. Oh, no, you're not in the way at all. I can still get in and flank with Cade. Oh, right. Yeah, you can. All right, never mind. I'm going to attack. I guess I'll attack again. All right, your second attack misses because that's a minus. So you get a 16. That's all right, though. Prue's up. Prue was almost as good as two hits. All right. I'm going to move into position so I can flank with Cade. While I'm moving, I'm going to summon up a swirling rage of spooky specters. And then I'm going to attack with my remaining action uh, with my dire flail. 
Do you want to apply rage to me? Alright, you're raging. Come on, dice. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Except he has Orcish ferocity. ferocity. He's like bleeding and covered in gore, but he he's still standing. Much like that famous song. I'm still standing. Okay, what you doing, Prue? Oh, no, that's three actions for me. Is Celeste going now? Uh, I was going to go after Brixley, but I can go now. That's fine. So Celeste is going to run up to where she can see the guy. All right. So she goes just up where she can see him and he's in range and she is going to try and end him with one more little gout of fire. Bummer. Does he look like he's about to do something really terrible with his last breath? Just like all the other freaking orcs in here. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I don't you know believe what? you. I'm going to use my hero point because I, I feel like something terrible is about to happen. I'm going to re-roll that. Oh, even worse. Oh, well. Maybe it was meant to be. Oh, it's going to be meant to be. Luckily, we cheesed the crap out of our healing, so we should be able to survive it. Okay. He's up. Let's see. What does he do? So much he can do. So much he can do. He's going to back up. Somebody has to get attack of opportunity as a feat. He backs up next to his creation. He looks at it with loving eyes as he's coughing up blood and looks like he's about to die. He pulls something out from his pouches, a potion of some sort. He throws it at... Who credited him? Everybody uh, but so, me. Uh, Brixley did. did. Yeah. Uh, he will throw it at Prue. Now, Prue, do you have your shield up or no? I don't have shield up. You were hit with Alchemist Fire that does a mere four points of damage, unfortunately. But let's see. Brixley gets hit by two points. That's right. Two points of splash damage because that ain't a lesser Alchemist Fire. I'm telling you that. That's a moderate Alchemist Fire. And... Someone's also on fire, Prue. Yeah, that's moderate alchemist fire. No one knows how it's going to vote. And with his last breath, although he's still alive, he summons his monstrosity. He says the magic words, and the worst thing imaginable occurs. Are you ready? I have to be. The man who was whimpering and crying suddenly screams a earth-shattering terror. His body explodes as a oozing thing that looks like it's entirely made out of blood explodes from this guy into a massive bubble and boil. It's ten by ten. Slick crimson skin is marred only by spots that look like clots on the surface. It's continuously broiling with blood and it goes oh it moves five it actually notices looks at the sculptor doesn't do anything sees you besides it's thirsty a pseudopod explodes out of it ten feet away at Cade of course hits you doing 18 points of bludgeoning damage oh oh Cade's up GG uh, we need to go. 
I will back up toward the door, sheath my short sword, and attack him with at, at distance with my staff sling. Okay. Damn it. Are you attacking the sculptor? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the sculptor. Yeah, you miss. We need to go! Brixley is like, oh boy, that does not look good. I'm gonna move up. Whoa. Oh boy. Oh boy. Back the sculptor. Oh boy, it's going right next to him. You're flanking with the if with the ooze. Out... Yeah, the ooze isn't here. I'm gonna use a hero point and reroll. Oh that. my god! Oh, this is so heroic. It is heroic. I'm actually impressed. Go go, Brixley. Four again. Damn it. Oh come on! You got two. Got one more attack. Um, you know what? I'll go ahead and attack. I was thinking about retreating, you know, hit and run, but. Yeah, you still can do that, too. Oh, by the way, this room is much bigger. Let me keep going. There, that's the room. There, yeah, good news and bad news. <laughs> good news is you credit Okay, bad news? The bad news is the blood thing's still around. The good news is I will award everyone a hero point for killing this guy. So Celeste has one, Brixley has two, Prue has two, and Kate has two. Oh, and that was my third move, so. Prue's up! And are we Prue's on fire? Are we doing this? Yep, we are. Oh, all right. Um, forget, you guys have things, so I'm gonna say we have things. You have things. Yeah. You might want to start thinking about using things. Use yeah. the things, Prue. No, I agree. This is a things moment. Um, what does bark skin do again? <laughs> Gives you resistance to a minor amount of damage. Hey, whatever. Take it. I think I think you take two less damage. I don't know if that's going to help as hard as two this thing's hit. bludgeoning and piercing <laughs> and weakness three to fire. So when uh, ten minutes, um, you are on fire, so that might not be the smartest thing. So. Yeah. All right. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to step up with one action. I'm going to attempt to hit it, but before I roll the die, I'm going to declare potency crystal. Nice. And then I'm going to swing on it. Oh boy. Now, we just ran something where someone did a potency crystal. He did something like 48 points of damage on one hit on level one. So Let's hope that happens now. Yeah, we could, we could use that. Well, the first one. Shit. Hero point. Hero, hero point. point. Hero yeah. point. I two. have two hero points. It's now or never. Let's do it again. Okay. Come on, dice. Give us a good one. Oh. You're kidding what? me! Yeah, you actually did it because it was the plus one. How much is this? 1d10 plus... What's your plus? My no- my normal is 1d10 plus seven because of rage. Okay, so it will be 4d10 plus 14. Okay, let me see if I can figure out how to do that. Sorry, it's 2d10 plus four. 2d10 plus four and we double it. That's all it is. Well, it's plus seven because I've got the rage up. So, 2d10 okay. plus seven and then we double it. That's okay. Let me try it. to do. Let me do that then. Oh, bad damage! That was a bad damage roll, man. I'm gonna hero point the damage roll. <laughs> do you really want to do that? Can I? You're gonna run out of hero points and this thing. I know, but what are you hitting it with? Uh... Is that bludgeoning? It's bludgeoning, right? Bludgeoning. Yeah. It's actually good. All right. Well, you got one more. Don't you have another one more attack? Or no, you yeah, yeah. Um, so you have one more attack. So you had to do twenty-one points of damage. 
So, yeah, doesn't like that. It, it's either I Looks swing like it's again. Weak against bludging. I either put up my shield. I could put up my shield, because I don't know how. I'm going to put up my shield. The crystal that's still a, that's, works. That's a good plan. The crystal still works. Yeah, it works for this round though. Well, all right, all right, all right. We'll swing again. Yeah. We'll just take the minus five and swing again. You talked me into it. Let's see. A minus five. You still hit. Give me a oh, thank goodness. 2d10 plus 7 again. Uh, 15. You. I'm getting you there on it. You hit. So that's a lot of damage. Oh, by the way, you take two points of damage. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, and I need to do the flat check. Because you are on fire and... Uh, whoops. Uh, it's an 11. 11, you failed your flat check. Celeste is up. This thing is roiling and boiling and doing nasty things. Oof, yeah. Um, but I gotta get Cade back in the fight. So she's gonna spend one action to activate her angelic halo. As part of doing so, it activates her angelic bloodline. And she's also gonna give Cade a plus one status bonus against any saving throws he has to make for one round. And we then spend her last two actions for a ranged heal. Because uh, of the halo, it's gonna do a d8 plus 10. Hell yeah. Oh, nice. So what do you do? You just heal? 14 whole points, which isn't bad. That's great. I took 18, so that's huge. Okay. Are you done? Uh, yep, that's all three of my actions. Okay, blood ooze times. <laughs> the blood ooze starts doing something horrible. It starts to spin around and causing some weird magic. And everyone within 15 feet of it feels the blood pouring out of their pores. Give me a fortitude save, Brixley and Prue. Oh, no. Brixley makes it, Prue fails. A 22 makes it. You take... Prue will take 13 slashing damage. Brixley only takes half of that. Brixley only has... So, this is what happens. It does the weird dance. You try to resist it, but Prue has 13 hit points worth of blood sucked out of her into the creature. Brixley also has... He, like, resists it, but also some of the blood comes out. And as it goes out of you, Prue... It goes into the creature, and it seems to heal it. That's some bullshit. That's what that is. Kate is up. All right. Um, when I declare something my prey, do I get a bonus to hit on it of some kind? Hunt prey. You get a plus two to seek and a plus two to survival when you track. And I ignore the penalty for ranged attacks in the second range increment. Yes. That's it? It seems yes. cooler in the name. <laughs> it does other things later. Maybe it gets better. It does get yeah. better. Well, I, yeah, full rangers get, you know, one of three different edges to help their hunted prey, and that's all you're missing. Yeah. Uh, I will take and drink my Quicksilver potion. Hmm? What potion was that? The Quicksilver mutagen that we found that uh, Halad had. Ooh, good idea. Okay. You take that out. You range attack roll you, bonus. You drink it. 
It should be one action because I have a bandolier. Okay. Is it a quicksilver one, mutagen? It's one action, and you find out that it is not a quicksilver mutagen. Yeah, oh, I no. rolled bad when identifying that. Oh no! What is it? Let's find out, shall we? This is a funny, funny combat. You're like, oh, I'm gonna drink this down. He drinks it, and it tastes kind of weird. Not like what you expected at all. What did you expect quicksilver to taste I, like? I don't know. Uh, peppermint. Maybe instead it tastes like Malort. <laughs> it tastes exactly like Lamort. You drink it. I'll drink Lamort. Your body becomes thick and sturdy. You exhibit a healthy glow. Oh. You get you get a plus one to your fortitude save and five temporary hit points. Oh my god. Great. Okay. Definitely work. You get a minus two to will saves, perception checks, and initiative rolls. Uh, whatever. Initiative's over anyway. Well, I drank it, and I hurl some bullets at it. You drank it, and you weren't even Jason. I know. I know. Drinking un- drinking potions of unknown effect. That's kind of my ba- my bailiwick. Yeah, I didn't mean to step on your toes with that one. And then I do it again. Is that just uh, some minus four or minus five? Uh, minus uh, five. You just miss. I'm done. Rixley's up. All right, I'm going to. Why don't you flank it as if it has a foot to big flat? You're noticing it's actually fairly easy to hit because this thing is big and bulbous. I, can I, I probably can't flank it because I can't really step on the bench or whatever. Oh, uh, you can go over there. That bench is like destroyed as when it exploded out and like broke everything that's over there. Yeah, you can go there. Everything right, there is in I pieces. Will go, I will go ahead and attack. Do you want a weapon potency crystal? Um, I want to see how it responds to piercing before I do before I burn my crystal. I think I'm going down after the next round. You um, here's what's funny is uh, you're stepping on the poor guy. You're like just crunching on him. Okay, you hit him. You do ten points of damage. However, as soon as you hit him with the piercing, the blood ooze forms a clot around the wound. And it heals a little bit of the damage. Hmm. So it's kind of like DR5. All right. In that case, can I drop my rapier as a free action? Yes. Or is that still a thing? All right. Then I'll drop my rapier and pull out my hammer. Okay. Ooh. Hammer. I think you're done, though. And that's my, yeah, that's my third action. Bruise out. All right. I'm just going to swing away. Well, I have good news and bad news. The good news is you crit. The bad news is you didn't realize it the first time because you were so excited by hitting with the potency crystal. It has no major organs or anything like that. It's immune to crits. So just give me a 1d10 plus 7. Okay. Uh, Here's just a d10. 15. Not bad. Does full damage. The bludgeoning seems to work well on this thing. Okay. Uh... I'll hit it again, or at least I'll try. Right. A three is not going to do it. Okay, and then I will put up my spectral shield with the last action, because I got a feeling I'm about to get hammered. Oh, by the way, wait, hold on, I keep forgetting. Two points of fire damage, and then give me a flat check. Nope. Nope. Less is up. Uh, everyone's so far away. Uh, she's going to spend her first action moving into the room. 
And let's see, only two actions left. I am a little concerned about Prue, but I only have one spell left to heal or save. But I can heal everyone if I just wait around, so... Would that everyone exclude the ooze? Uh, it's all living creatures, so no, it would include it. But we're doing way more damage to it than it is to us. So... Hmm... You know what I can do with two actions? I can give you a Forbidding Ward, which might prevent a hit from a crit, or might prevent a hit. So, uh, she's going to cast Forbidding Ward between Prue and the Blood Ooze. So you get a plus one status bonus to your armor class from attacks against it, uh, and on saves from things it does. Every little bit helps, especially those saves. Yep. Alright, is that your... That's it, that's three actions. Mm -hmm. It does its Blood Dance. Mm. Once again. All right, I need the dice to be kind. It's doing an, it's drawing. Here's what happens: Brixley and Prue, your flesh breaks open and your blood spills out, pouring into the blood ooze. Give me a fortitude save to resist your skin ripping off your flesh, Brixley. I'm gonna I'm gonna hero point that. Going to hero point a critical fail. That's a and good actually idea. I'm going to re I'm also going to use my divine grace to get a plus two on the reroll. There you go. That so twenty two with the plus two. You succeed. And force. I roll bad on this. I'm going down. So I'm hero point. Twenty two. You succeed. Twenty three. Twenty three. You both succeed. So the damage. Whew. Really. <laughs> Five points nice. of damage on a 3d6? Half? Come on. Yes. Okay. You both take a whopping two points of damage. It drinks your blood and heals a little bit. Very little. And it's visibly angry <laughs> at this and decides to wallop Brixley. And misses by one. Oh, roll the three? Jesus. Oh, is it only two actions to do that blood dance? Yeah, it's only two actions to do the blood dance. That's crap. Yeah. Siphon vitality, it's called. Kate is up. All right. Can you can you flanko with your staff sling to get your sneak attacks? No. It's, is it currently flat-footed because you guys are flanking it? Only to them. If I stood next to Prue... And use a range weapon. Is not that doesn't work? I don't know. This is a weird thing because this doesn't happen in Pathfinder One ever. For flanking, I think flanking specifically melee. Yeah, I think it's melee too. Let me check. Uh, nearly a hundred percent sure it's melee. Nope. Finesse weapon or range attack. If you strike a creature that's flat-footed with an agile or finesse melee weapon, or an agile finesse unarmed attack. Or a range weapon attack. No, what's flanking? You're an extra D6. No, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking no, flanking. That sneak attack works, but flanking might be. Yeah, I'm thinking flanking only is only yeah. melee. Yeah, no, that works. Yeah, and it's only the creatures that are flanking it treated as flat footed. Right. We just have no way of making you treat it as flat footed as the problem. Yeah, basically. It's all right. It's all right. I'm just going to. Because this is the only way I can deal bludgeoning damage. Yeah. Well, you can, you can try to uh, cut it open and see what happens. It seems to like that. No, it's fine. Being pierced and cut, I'm sure, is a problem. Why? It just likes it. It heals. It sucks up your blood. No. Kids up. No, thanks. 
Plus, you get to be in the blood vortex. That's right, the blood vortex. Why don't you go a little closer to the blood vortex? Never. Poop is my... I'm within the poop vortex. You hit! Two points of damage. Good job. Going again? I need you to do more damage in that, buddy. <laughs> oh, no shit. Eight points that time. There we go. I did ten. Oh, it uh, doesn't matter. It's not agile. Rixley. Alright, I'm going to use my potency crystal. By the way, the, the, blood, yeah. the blood keeps coming out of you. By the way, I'm just telling you. Like, do they have persistent bleed damage? No, it's just funny. Oh, okay. Now, before you get too excited, it's immune to crits. So, give me a 2d6 plus 3 for regular light hammer damage. Because I didn't put in the potency crystal. 13. Nice. Hell yeah. Didn't like that. Going again? Why won't it Hell die? Because yeah. it has like 100 plus hit points. <laughs> Keep going. Give me another 2d6 plus 3. Another decent roll. 11. And even though it's diminishing returns, I'm going to try a third attack. Minus 10 though, right? But it is flying. Yeah, I know. But You hit. Yeah. Damn. Nice. John Dude. Henry over here just hammering away. Fantastic. All right. Oh, yes. Wonderful. That was, damn that was a potency crystal. Yeah. That was a potency crystal. Those potency crystals are so freaking good. Someone's still on fire, Prue. All right, I'm going to spend two actions to do a flat check real fast. Uh, I'm on fire, so I'm going to pat it all out, you know? Mm -hmm. Just smear the blood on it. All right, you're out. There you're no longer on fire. All right. Well, while I've still got this halo, though, I'm going to use my last heal spell and heal everyone up because we're in dire straits. Wow. Ugh. Three whole freaking points. That's all right. It's it's three more than nothing. All right. The blood ooze after Brixley. Like, pops the potency crystal, hits it once, hits it twice, hits it a third time. It explodes in a shower of blood. It's like popping the biggest blood pustule pimple of all time. And blood and gore just goes everywhere. Prue and Brixley are covered in goo and blood. Celeste, My beautiful green coat. <laughs> Celeste just misses the splash zone. And Cade still is sort of like, huh, it's not as bad as poop. I offer Brixley a gory high five. Well, I am short, so more of a medium five, but a I accept. medium five. Yeah. Yeah, that thing uh, was a CR4 blood ooze. And it was, I think it was fair. I mean, it did a lot of things and uh, it could keep healing itself. And it hit with a pretty strong pseudopod attack, but it moved very slowly and it had an AC of 12. So if we didn't have the potency crystals, this would have been a very different fight though. Potency crystals are God. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning that those things are freaking fantastic. Now it was immune to crits. And if it makes you feel any better, it was also immune to precision attacks. So we would never have been able to. Yes. You know, yeah, of course. Anything that's immune Sneak to attack. crits is 99% of the time immune to critical attacks. I mean, to um, precision attacks. So, 
it wasn't that hard to beat. It looked it looked scary. It was an ooze. Like, you know, like oozes, they're all the same. They're like, you know, they I'm still afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It did hit you pretty damn hard. I will say, let me look at the experience. Oh, say the magic words. Should say we get it. Lo- should we get level three characters ready for next time? Even if we don't immediately get 992 experience points. Oh, come Are on. Are you kidding? I kill Aww. a rat. But we should have murdered that flaming cat. But I will say, oh, wait, let me look. In. Wait, does that mean that since I got <laughs> additional experience for the cat, I do level up? Oh, you actually finished everything in the pen, it's called, which gives you a hero point, which you lose. Screws the hero point. 1,000. 72 experience points. Voila, you will all level up by tomorrow to level three. Ding a ding a ding. Hell yeah. It wasn't so bad. You just have to learn to use consumables. I'm starting to see the secret playing with other people of Pathfinder 2nd Edition is learn to love the consumables. (laughs) Like, you want to use them because they're very powerful. Potency crystals are ridiculous. They might even be okay. That was cheeky how they gave us potions of bark skin and then made every enemy set you on fire. I kind of wondered if they were doing that. It actually wasn't on purpose. There was. Uh huh. Ask Jason Bowman about that. I'm sure it was. Well, no, because it was a random what would you get hit with. And you could have gotten hit by fire, acid, lightning, frost, tanglefoot, or life. So it was an equal chance of all of them. You just kept getting hit by fire over and over again. It just was funny. That would have been funny if you did bark skin, and then you would have got kept burning up. Oh, God. That would have been funny when we just straight up died. That would have been you hilarious. Keep saying that, except you're up to level three. So, I don't know. I don't know why you keep saying you're going to die. Because I know who wrote this. This was probably the hardest monster, I thought. I thought this encounter... It was pretty brutal. And the other guy, the sculptor didn't get to do anything, but he had moderate potions and stuff he can throw. He actually... But he rolled low. I mean, the thing is, I was doing it, but I'm like... If I do an attack that is 3d6 and I roll a 3, you know, you're not going to take a lot of damage. If I roll a 2d8 and roll a 2, you're not going to take, you know, it's like, it was just swingy. It's just very swingy. You know, I could have rolled a 16, but I rolled a 2. So, could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, statistically, that's unlikely. I've played enough 40k to know that statistics don't mean anything when you're throwing a bunch of d6s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. The rolls were actually very good for you guys. I mean, you were missing a lot, but my my attacks were doing very little damage. They they only one or two hit you guys really hard. I don't think I ever critted. Did I? I don't think we got crit. You got K'd pretty good in that. Oh right, I got two. Yeah, I did get two crits, but no one went down. It's a vast improvement. That's true. Halad was uh, tougher for that with the hidden. Murder blizzard. Well, we didn't cheese the healing before Halad either. You weren't hurt before Halad, I think. I thought I had a little bit on me. It doesn't matter, though. I took 30 damage in one hit, so I could have been at full. I still would have started dying. Yeah. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms.
You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, anyone can be the healer now. I'm looking at you, fighter. Fighter.